metal band Celestial Drift. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with my guy, the Icon. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. For those of you who don't know, we started this show off as a uh, program called Off the Ropes. Well, we had some trouble trademarking that. We had some trouble getting that uh, to stick because that was already a show somewhere else. So we changed this name to Attitude Era Live. Well, just informing all of you right now, for anybody out there who may care, this is episode number 50 since we changed the name to Attitude Era Live. We've, re- we've reached our, what many people consider midlife, uh, but it's not a crisis, episode 50, and boy, we are halfway to 100, and, and you know, I, I think Icon's probably got another 50 shows worth of guests booked. So it is it is uh, an amazing feeling to be at 50. I mean, we made 50 at Off the Ropes, but we were still kind of green, to use wrestling terms. Uh, now we are, you know, we are all but rolling as a well-oiled machine. And uh, we found ourselves a great co-host. And, uh, you know, Icon's doing his best behind the scenes. And I'm just kind of here for the comic relief. So here we are, episode 50, ladies and gentlemen. On the night after Extreme Rules, a pay-per-view that was anything but extreme. And it, oh, yeah, it definitely ended, not extreme at all. No, it, it ended a way that I loved because it ended in a way that reminded me of uh, something that's, that Edge would do. Um, it reminded me of, of a... a you know, a very edge-like maneuver uh, to screw over Seth Rollins. For those of you who didn't get to watch Extreme Rules yet, spoiler alert, you might want to put your earmuffs on for this one, but Dolph Ziggler did survive after the match started. And uh, that's that's what happened there. Also, my girl, I like the bliss. She won it. So, overall, it was a good pay-per-view. But uh, I just wish it was called something else because it was not Extreme yeah. What did you guys think overall of the pay-per-view? Well, I thought it could have been better, but uh, you know that's just that's just me. You know, I mean, I, I think you know we're going to continue to complain about what you know what product they're putting on, but I will say this: it is getting better. Uh, you know, there there's there's still room for improvement there. But it is getting better, you know. So can you guys hear me? I guess. Well, yeah, no, we we got yeah, you. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess the main thing for me is with with everything that's going on right now with WWE. Um, about them not necessarily, at least as far as I know, 
um, not necessarily sure what direction they want to go in here. Um, last night, Kurt Angle came on and said that Brock Lesnar uh, refuses to fight anybody in WWE, uh, but yet got in the ring and challenged uh, the Cormier, the, the champion of USC, without a problem. Uh, Brock Lesnar was either going to show up uh, on, on Raw tonight, uh, which I have, I mean, again, I'm covering the Home Run Derby here tonight, so I haven't been watching it, but I heard that he did, or else he would be stripped of the title. So at first, it made me think, oh, wow, they're going to strip Brock Lesnar, he's going to go to UFC, and they're going to have like another, you know, battle royal for the uni title or something. Uh, nope, Brock Lesnar showed up. And now they're trying to figure out who Brock Lesnar is going to face at SummerSlam. So, obviously, they're sticking with Brock. They're sticking with this part-time thing at least for another month. Uh, do you guys like the decision? Well, I think I think it's stupid myself. I mean, they're making that title worth nothing. And it's, it's embarrassing. It really is. Well, I, honestly, I think the SmackDown title is the more prestigious title right now, to be honest with you. Well, you know, the... Uh, you know, I, I I hate to I, I hate to keep dating myself when I when I say this, but you know back in the you know back in the Attitude Era, back in the New Generation, back in the uh, I don't know what you want to call it the Legends Era back in the day, you know the the, the title was uh, defended every single pay per view, and you know they obviously aren't doing that now. It really, really. Well, if anybody saw the beginning of Monday Night Raw tonight, Kurt Angle came out and basically was going to strip Brock Lesnar of the title, of the championship. And then Paul Heyman comes out, you know, and he starts running his mouth and everything. And, you know, so basically now Paul Heyman has told everybody that Brock Lesnar will defend his championship belt at SummerSlam. So how how so, upset are you guys going to be? Honestly, how upset are you guys going to be if this ends up being Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar again at SummerSlam? I, I don't even think I'll watch the main event if that's the case. Well, you know what they're Deal. what they're doing. What they're doing is they had they had two. They're going to have two triple threat matches tonight. They've already had one. And then the winners of the triple threat matches is going to face each other next week, and that winner will face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And so I, don't think, already, I don't think it's going to be Roman Reigns. I don't think I it's going not. to be Roman Reigns. I was actually kind of excited to see him lose to Bobby Lashley last night because, I mean, as much as I don't have any love loss for Lashley, I just didn't want to see Roman win another match against me. For me, it's like, hey, you know, give somebody else the spotlight, the spotlight for a little bit, you know. Um, so I was kind of happy with that outcome. But what were you saying, Icon? Also, after you're done with your point, too, uh, shout out our sponsors as well. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll do that. You know, the thing is, with... For the upteenth time that we don't care about, that's when Braun Strowman is going to cash in his his money in the bank. I'm ha- I'm having mic issues, 
guys. Sorry about that. It's uh, and it ain't going to be Roman Reigns winning. It's going to be uh, Brock Lesnar winning, and that's when Braun Strowman will come in, and then that'll start a feud with them. Are you guys there? I'm here. I don't know hey, about guys, Big Swing, but I'm here. Okay. No, I, I I'm here. I'm just uh. I'm just muting the mic when I'm not talking, so you don't pick up any background noise. Um, but yeah, go ahead, shout out our sponsors, tell them who we got coming on tonight on our 50th show, because we got a big guest list and a star-studded guest list. I'm real excited about it. I'll tell you what, I'm still having speaker issues, but anyway, so uh, uh, in the next uh, five minutes, our first guest, Paul Pitch, will be calling in, uh, and then we are going to have Natalie Byrne. Uh, she will be calling in, and then uh, to start to end the show, uh, we will be having uh, the one and only Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Lightning Ruiz is going to join us. So uh, we got a big show, and uh, there's more to come. So hopefully, I can get my uh, microphone thing fixed here uh, before our guest calls in, because I would much rather use the microphone than talking into the phone. But uh, if you guys can bear with me while I try and fix this thing, I'll try it one more. I'll try it one more time. Are you guys there? I'm here. Okay. All right. Let me try this. I'll try and get it working again. So my question, Icon, is what is that beeping? Do you hear that? Yeah, I've been hearing some beeping, too. I was wondering what that was. It's like a robot or something. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. We can hear I you. Can. Is that is okay. that your is that your microphone over there beeping? Is that what that is? Well, it is. It's beeping because... Oh, you're breaking up pretty bad now. Okay. Well, it's beeping because it's telling now, you... Now you're clear. Okay. Okay, it's beeping because it's telling me that you guys are unconnected with you, and then all of a sudden likes to shut off. So hopefully that does not continue. But uh, hopefully not. I mean, worst yeah, case so. scenario, worst case scenario, you can use your phone. But again, hopefully it does not. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, the fiftieth episode brought to you by SharpshooterFunding.com, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, uh, Celestial Drift. I mean, I know Icon's got a, a buttload of sponsors over there. Um, we are very, very excited, very honored, and blessed to have everybody who uh, has called into the show to this point, as well as our sponsors and our things like that. Uh, we love all of you. Just know that. And, uh, you know, hopefully tonight we'll have another pretty badass interview, or badass couple of interviews, and uh, we, can, we can have the 50th anniversary show uh, kind of go out with a bang, per se. So... Uh, I have a special special exit song here for tonight as well that uh, kind of brings us back to our roots a little bit. So, Icon, if your mic uh, is still if it's still working and we can still hear you, go ahead, shout out the sponsors, tell us who's coming on tonight in case I missed that. Uh, if I did miss it, then you don't have to, but I, I may have. Um, but also, riddle me this as well. Well, riddle me this as well at SummerSlam. Uh, we're going to be doing that, that recap show after SummerSlam, after the pay-per-view, uh, just to sort of give our thoughts and our takes. We're doing that on the four, on the four big ones every, uh, every time they're on. 
Um, what and, and tell me right now, what do you think if you had to predict the highlight of SummerSlam will be? And then uh, get all that out of the way here, and then we should have our first guest on. Uh, well, I think one of the highlights would be Ronda Rousey uh, winning her first title. I know that uh, may sound too early, but I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and I think that Brock Lesnar is finally going to lose his. Um, I think they're going to keep the title on Shinsuke Nakamura for a while because it's, uh, it's really a turmoilish type of deal. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, just think about that. He won, the, he won the match in 15 seconds. The last time that ever happened, if you remember, was when Sheamus did it, when he gave the bro kick. I believe it was to Daniel Bryan, and uh, uh, he uh, lost the title that way. Um, and I think they'll probably keep the title on Dolph Ziggler for a while, too. You know? I'm more intrigued, though, about... Uh, you know, we haven't really talked about this. I'm more intrigued, though, about the fact that um, Randy Orton is back and back as a heel again. Uh, you know, it's like, can they not decide what they want to do with him? I mean, he's a good guy. He's a heel. He's a good guy. He's a heel. I mean, what do you guys, what do you guys think of him coming back and doing what he did? I thought it was kind of funny. Nakamura looked at him like, "What the heck, you like? What, what the heck's going on here? What are you doing back? You know?" Well, yeah, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna uh, attack Shinsuke Nakamura, but that obviously didn't happen. So, who knows? The WWE has a has a tangled web. They have a tangled web. I was happy about it. Why? Well, I, I was happy them. about it because. Well, well, I think Shinsuke, with all the hype that was around him, with with everything that they talked about, how how good Shinsuke Nakamura was supposed to be, and you know all of the the press that he got when he first started there, uh, I really thought that he was underused. I mean, to have him lose pretty much every match to AJ Styles, uh, I understand it was early on, but I just I, I feel like he should have. He should have been more dominant coming in with all the hype he had surrounding him. So the fact that that he's holding a title now, um, which I believe is what the uh, he has the U.S. title, which is basically like the WCW equivalent of the TV title. Um, yeah, it's a lower tier title. Still got rolled around his waist. I think the future is bright, and he's just going to keep climbing the ladder here. I think they wanted to sort of ease in Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I don't know why. I think with all of his accomplishments, he was ready to be a you know a world champion right off the bat. But you know that that's why they get paid the big bucks to make these decisions. Pretty much. Well, you know, I I, I still say that. Uh... And, you know, we've been talking about this, you know, since day one when we started this, that they should fire the writing team and hire us because we we have much better ideas. Of course, that's just my opinion. And a lot well, of, well, of people course, we've had better ideas since the beginning. I mean, you remember that? In fact, you know what, though? I, I think it might be a cool idea if we market it and promote it. Because last time, we didn't have the right marketing and promoting tools to really make it effective. But you remember back when we had Jason uh, on the show 
uh, as well as I believe Phil was his name. I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent on that, but uh, and Dustin was still somewhat involved. Um, we would make basically, and Granny, this was is a cool idea here, and uh, we might market it and promote it and see where we go with it. But uh, we would be assigned a show. Now back then there were three shows. Now there's only now there's only two because um, we're not going to do the NXT because I I'm not paying attention to it to do it, but. One of us was assigned as the general manager of Raw. One of us was assigned as the general manager of SmackDown. And we made our cards. We made our stipulations. And we picked our winners and losers and how we would write the show uh, every week. And we compared it to the products that was actually airing on television. And we... uh, we wanted to see if what we came up with was better than what they were putting out, and you know, oftentimes it was. Uh, I think I think I had SmackDown. I'm not sure, uh, but with with the current crop of talent that they have, uh, I think we we did a very good job of of making a lot more of exciting programming uh, than the current WWE does. So I, that might be something we we should explore in the future and possibly market it on the Facebook page or something like that, and see if. Uh, People buy in a little bit if we really want to get the creative team, uh, you know, to it. All right. Well, you know, our, our first guest should be calling in here shortly. I hope he does. Uh, he confirmed earlier, so he should be. Uh, just let me know when he calls in, and we'll just uh, keep talking about this until then. But... Well, I'm excited about this Thursday night, guys. You know, we're all three of us are going to be on another podcast show on the 19th, and I'm excited about that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we got. Um, I'm trying to remember what. Uh, well, Granny Hudson. Well, uh, off the rails, off the rails, uncensored is basically. It's my good friend, B-Train, who I got to see this past weekend at WFC because Kirk Gannon made his uh, WFC debut at uh, Claremore, Oklahoma. So I yeah, got to what, see what my good his, friend. What is his real name, though? Brian. His first name's Brian. Okay. Ulrich. You know, he lives gotcha. in New York. Right. All right. Yeah, he yeah he sent me the number, so I will. Uh, uh, now, big, uh, big swing. Now you have the number too, don't you? I have what? Say that again. You have the number for you have the number for the call-in show that we're on on Thursday, right? No, but you can give it to me. I'll call it in. Um. Okay, so I will, uh, unless you already did, if not, it's, it might be in my text messages. I'll check. Guys, I just wanted to let you know, I just got an update on my phone through one of my sources uh, that Brock Lesnar will appear, is scheduled to appear on the Raw directly following SummerSlam. So the following night, he is going to be appearing on the Summer on the Raw following SummerSlam. Does that mean? Is that a subtle hint that perhaps Brock Lesnar is keeping the belt? Or he's going to lose it. I don't it. know. Or or he could announce his uh, quote-unquote retirement to go to UFC, but, I mean, I'm already envisioning it. I'm already envisioning, you know, the Raw after SummerSlam, you know, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time, coming on the air. I'm already envisioning it. Uh, that Jewish guy standing in the ring 
And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. I'm already, I'm already in and uh, him yelling about the beast and, and all this other stuff. I'm already, I'm already envisioning it. And for me, Icon, Brock Lesnar and Cormier are already set to fight. That's going to happen in the UFC. It doesn't make sense. At this point, I liked the whole idea at first. And, and Granny, I don't know if you were with us when I, when I laid this idea out there. I liked the idea of not necessarily a part-time belt, but having a little bit of a lore around it, kind of like they have in boxing, where – you know, he was this champion, and you had to do a bunch of things and basically earn your stripes to get to him. It was almost like a video game boss, and he only fought every once in a while, and I thought it added a little bit of prestige to the title. Then you'd say, okay, well, you have to earn a universal title shot instead of, you know, every, it seems like every week AJ Styles is defending his. So that's why I thought there was a little bit of prestige, but now at this point, Raw, for all intents and purposes, Raw doesn't have a champion. So I just it, 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 it's it's wearing on me. I'm starting not to like it nearly as much uh, as I did when they first had the idea because it just went on too long. You know, it's kind of like the New Day. I didn't like the New Day from Jump Street, but when New Day was the champions for so long and never lost, and it was just oh my God, New Day wins again. I got bored with them. And now I'm getting bored with, uh, with you know, basically not having title matches on Raw for the most part. Because, again, he only fights at pay-per-views. You're not going to get a universal title shot on Raw. And that was one of the best parts about the old Raws is they would have WWE title matches pretty much every other show. In the Attitude Era, Stone Cold was defending his belt seemingly every show. So it was it, – it's one of those things where I just – I liked it at first. But now it's it's not so much it's not so much in my wheelhouse, and I know you guys don't really like it either. So I'm starting to agree. I don't agree with Icon on many things, but that's that's one of the things I do. Yeah, because basically the, the, they might as well just uh, they might as well just pull a, a Medusa and toss the title in the garbage because that's basically where it is right now anyway. Uh, you know, I, I I just I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't like it. So um, I don't know where our first guest is. Um, so uh, I suppose what I can do is try calling him and uh, connecting him that way. Uh, if you guys will take it for a little bit, I'll try getting a hold of him uh, and see if we can reach him. If not, um, I will uh, – um, because uh, I know our second guest is confirmed, and I know our third guest is confirmed. Uh, the only thing, you know, tonight, uh, just, just let, me, uh, let me tell you guys this. Uh, Paul Pitch, uh, is, uh, he's the CEO of sharpshooterfunding.com, our, our big sponsor. And uh, he was going to come on tonight and talk to us about uh, sharpshooterfunding.com. And uh, we're also going to have uh, Jade Hart on with us, uh, who is, of course, Brett the Hitman Hart's oldest daughter. And uh, she was going to be on with us, but she's on vacation. Uh, and uh, she is still going to be on the show, uh, just not until she returns at the end of July. Uh, plus, she wants to give us more, uh, more than just a few minutes to talk to us. So uh, I appreciate that. 
and uh, um, you know, and I can understand that. So we'll, uh, I'll get her on as quickly as uh, she's available. Uh, I know how much you guys don't like three guest nights, but uh, you know, it's one of those deals where you have to kind of make an exception because you know it's it's Jade Hart, you know, and uh, she was, uh, if I'm not mistaken. She was uh, one of the only members of the, the family that uh, Bret Hart announced or uh, mentioned. What are you listening to? Remember, uh, he told a story about how Owen Hart called his room and said he was Reg Park and uh, pulled a little fast one on his uh, father. So, so yeah. So that's uh, that's what happened there, and I I really like to talk about that because he said that she was in the room when he called. So huh, uh, I'd, I'd like to uh, talk to her about that and some other things, you know. So uh, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and get our uh, uh, one of our guests on, um, and uh, we uh, can talk about it. And let me ask you guys this, uh, while we're talking about this, um, what, who do you think has got the better show? Is it SmackDown or Raw right now? What do you guys think? I think it's SmackDown. Um, I think it's SmackDown. Well, yeah, SmackDown's a good program, but they just don't have the upper echelon talent. I think the storylines are better on SmackDown. And, you know, I, I think the storylines are much better on SmackDown, but the – I mean, Raw is still the flagship, and they've, they've done their damnedest to make pretty much all the stars, uh, you know, stay on Raw, so – I mean, I would say just from a talent standpoint, it's got to be raw. But uh, you know, the the uh, the overall like, you know, oh my God, that was crazy storyline. That's probably SmackDown right now. Yeah, you know, and uh, I mean, SmackDown is their ratings are, are have been higher than Raw. Raw's ratings have really been suffering, you know, and uh, I'm sure that. McMahon is not appreciating that, and I'm thinking what will happen if the ratings keep tanking, we might uh, we might see, uh, I don't know, the authority come back or something like that. Speaking of the authority, did any of you guys happen to see uh, Celebrity Undercover Boss where Stephanie McMahon was on there? I did. I saw that. That was awesome. That was really awesome. It actually brought a tear to my eyes. Stephanie McMahon was actually a decent is actually a decent individual. Uh, I was surprised uh, to see that. You know. And you know, remember uh, the part? Remember the part where she was being the photographer and she was working with the Steve. His name was Steve Wright. Mm-hmm. And they were doing the the photo shoot of the wrestlers and everything. That guy is a personal friend of mine. I back when TCW ran back in the day, he was TCW's photographer, and I know Steve Wright personally. He's one of my very best friends, and I thought that was really awesome because he did not know that that was Stephanie McMahon, and he was just like, "Wow," you know. And then 
he got the opportunity to be a photographer at, at you know for WWE and that that was amazing. I I love that show. That I love that episode. Well, you got to get him got to get him in contact with us then if you can. Well, I can I can possibly do that. I can very well possibly do that. And I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but uh, if you didn't see the episode, uh, uh, Big Show had actually knocked her down uh, mm-hmm. when they were in the ring. And uh, you notice that uh, Big Show was knocked down. Uh, he, got, he did get suspended. Which is which is, you know, I guess kind of deserving, I guess, you know. Uh, yeah, in a but way. Um, I can When it, when was our first guest supposed to call in? Uh, shortly, any time. Do we have Do we have him on? All right, because uh, uh, no, not yet. But I'm saying Grace Harper. Uh, Grace Harper just won the home run derby, so I got to do a quick update on that. But I was gonna wait till they got on the line so that I could, you know, hand the interview over to you and then pop back in. Uh, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to go to the other studio and, and end up missing the switchboard. So right. that's why. But, okay. But anyway. Well. Um. But no. So they uh, said I Vince McMahon was not in attendance last night either, which is weird because I think this is what like the first pay per view he's missed in a while. I guess. Yeah. So. Now. All right. Well, Alexa Bliss, your your father. You were mentioning your father. What's the nickname he has for Alexa Bliss? The Minx. Yes. I love that. Because some of the facial expressions that she makes, like, I just, arguably, now don't get me wrong, and you know this, and I've, I've, I've beaten this into the ground, but you know, I grew up in the Attitude Era, and I grew up with some of the best and or hottest female you know, uh, superstars out there from, you know, starting with Sable to, you know, Ivory to Trish Stratus, Lita, you know, Candice Michelle, uh, Kelly Kelly, uh, you know, Michelle McCool, uh, you know, all, all of them, okay, uh, uh, Melina. I, I mean, back when they, you know, when wrestling really, really took off in the early 2000s, I think Alexa Bliss might be the best they've ever had, honestly. I think Just so. from a look I, standpoint. From a look standpoint, from a facial expression standpoint, to you know, not necessarily skill set, um, because she's she's not the biggest in the world. She's only five feet tall, but just just the way that she portrays the heel, talking on the mic, the things that she's able to do and say, you just you're like, wow, like like I hate her, but I love her at the same time. Like it, it's just amazing what she's able to pull off. I'll tell you what, guys. I'm going to try and call our guests and see if we can get them going. All right. You guys uh, All right. You talk do about what you got to do, do, man. All right. No All problem. Right. So, um, so, so, Granny, yeah. So, I, I mean, if you, if you were watching that match last night, is it safe to say that perhaps you were rooting for Nia Jax? Oh, yes. Of course. I was, yes, I was rooting yes. for Nia Jax. I'm not a big yeah, because, Bliss fan. I I don't like no, well, her. Well, I bet because you don't like the I bad mean, guy. Yeah. Well, that's you know that's neither here nor there. But I just I I don't care for her. And of course, you know I've met no, James. Okay. Now you know I okay, mean yep. when 
when when when TCW was running, Mickey James was actually one at one of their shows that they did, and I got to meet Mickey James, and she was really super nice. Oh. You know, of course, back yeah, then, and, and, you, know, you know, she was not a heel, but, you know, but well, yeah. she was, I mean, I, no, I, I mean, met I a remember. lot of, I met a lot of big time names when TCW was running back in the day. I mean, I've met um, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. I've met oh, wow. uh, Diamond Dallas Page. I've met Jake Roberts. I've met Matt Hardy, um, Mickey James. Um, hey, guys. Oh yeah, yes. do we have our guest. I, I I do have I do have our guest on, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce her, and then we'll. Uh, I, I I'm going to drop to mute real quick. I'm going to cover this home run derby. I'm going to have you in one side of my phone, so I won't be able to hear, and uh, I'll pop back in, in in a few minutes. So I can take it away, do what you do. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, our first combatant of the night. She is the greatest actress in the history of Hollywood today. Ladies and gentlemen, does she know how to burn it up? She definitely is. She is the one. She is the only. She is Natalie Byrne. Hey, Natalie, how are you? (laughs) Oh, my God. That was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) I feel the burn. All right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You definitely feel the burn. Uh, now, um, what we like to do is after I introduce uh, our guest, uh, the way that we just introduced you, uh, we like to have them uh, tell us a little bit about themselves, and we ask, uh, then we'll ask you some questions. So if you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, then we'll ask you a whole bunch of questions. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me today. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to talk to you. Um, so I'm an actress um, and a producer. I live in Los Angeles. Um I love to do action movies. I train in martial arts. Um, I was a prima ballerina. Graduate from Royal Ballet School in London. Dance with Bolshevik Ballet, all that jazz. Moved to LA, and now I'm focusing mostly on my career as an action producer. And uh, also, uh, you know, I, I just want to run down. Uh, because uh, uh, I'm going to run down uh, my favorite movies that you've been in, because I want to ask you a few things about each one of those. Sure. Um, the first one, of course, is The Expendables 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're awesome in that. Uh, oh, Awaken. Uh, and uh, probably my favorite one, and uh, I am a guy, and I'm going to ask you about this, uh, The yes. Executioners. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen, the, I've seen uh, you know, you have one scene in there. I'm going to ask you about that. We'll get it on the way, and hopefully you won't hang up on me, but i got to ask you about this. There's one okay. scene. I'm, I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. I put it on my DVD player. I mm-hmm. put repeat A, repeat B, tell it's over, and I just loop it back and forth. You have a little nude scene in that movie. Uh, well, it's not nude. Well, not fully nude, but... Yeah. yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. first off, did you know that you were going to be doing that scene when you signed up for the project, or is that something that they told you about later? Um, well, it wasn't... First of all, it wasn't nude. I I don't know. I'm, I'm... I'm against doing completely full nudity myself unless it's uh, required, and then that I have to like confirm with the directors and producers 
prior for me to um, agreeing to the role. So I kind of knew that there was some scenes that are going to be shown a little bit more than usual. But the director informed me that it's not going to be anything vulgar, and he wasn't going to do any nudity with me. So the most that I've done was, yes, I did have a strip tease, and I had a bra and, and pennies on, but that's it. And so to me, I, I didn't see it as nudity. I saw it as, a, as an important aspect to the film where it showed the whole change of what happens in the film in the first place. So if that right. scene was not done the way it was done, I think the whole movie would not make sense. Right. And uh, like I say, I, I, I loved in that movie, and uh, um, hopefully uh, I'll eventually be able to send you a copy of that, and you can autograph it to me. Uh, oh, I would yeah. appreciate that. For sure. Now, yeah. the next movie I want to ask you about, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's where I, I, I saw it, and uh, it's like, I got to get you on the, on the show because it's, there, mm-hmm. there's a scene in Awaken uh-huh. where you're mm-hmm. stretched between the ropes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, your trainer or wh- whoever he was was really pushing you, and you're, like, uh-huh. like doing, like, this ultra ultimate split thing. Yeah. Now, was that all you, or did you have a stunt double, or was it you for a little bit, then a stunt double, or was it all you? <laughs> it was all me. <laughs> I was inspired by all the Van Damme movies when I was growing up. So I was like, oh, man, if I'm ever an actress, I want to do whatever he does. So um, whenever, you know, I I am doing, I'm focusing on doing more action films and, of course, doing fighting in them as well. Um, And my primary focus is I want to do my own stunts. Like, I think it's very important to be, I don't know, to be perceived as a full actress that I want to be. So as much as I can do myself, I do. So going back to your question, that scene, I did do everything myself. Because, again, my background is a, ba- is a ballerina. I can pretty much do that with my clothes. It wasn't it wasn't as hard for me to do that as, as it looked. <laughs> it was actually very easy. I just pretended like it was painful. And, and, were, and were you able to do that in one take, or was that a couple takes? No, I had to do a couple of takes. But again, like to me, doing like flexibility is a lot easier than doing maybe more physical stuff because um, flexibility comes easy. Um, if if I had to do something that I'm not used to, then I I might have to take to do more than one take. But usually, um, you know, regardless what it is, I do it myself. I try to do as much as possible by myself without having a stunt double or any kind of help. And, uh, you know, (laughs) right. And, uh, definitely, uh, you're better than any stunt double that they could find for you because there, there is no, there is no, I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. There is no way to replace Natalie Byrne in any scene. Uh, Oh, thank you. But I do, I do get injured in every movie. Um, I tend to do my stunts. I always, I always end up getting injured somehow, somehow. Now, (laughs) Now, speaking of, speaking of injuries, uh, you were in Expendables three. You were you were in a movie with Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Wesley Snipes. You played Mel Gibson's wife, uh, yes. Harrison Ford, Dolph Lundgren, Antonio Banderas, and of course Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Now, now, did you did you get to meet her in person, or was she never on the set at the same time you were? 
I did. I met her. Um, met her a couple of times before when I had to audition for them. I mean, so I, um, whenever I was um, driving them fly to Bulgaria, that's when I met her. But she's really cool. Trains a lot. She was focusing during, like during the shoot, which seemed like filming for her was so simple and easy that compared to what she does in real life, it was like, it was almost like nothing. She was still focusing on training every single day, like really early in the morning um, before shooting and even after the filming. And she's a big... And, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to inter- interrupt you there. Um, now, you know, you also, you know, Jason Statham was also in the movie. Now, yeah. The interesting thing about Jason is every movie he's in, he always seems to play a jerk. Now, what is he like? What is he like in real life? Uh, completely opposite of what you would think he is. Um, I can see how people assume that he's playing, you know, his characters and how they, how the audience might think that's how he is in real life, but in reality, he's completely the opposite. Which is like majority of actors actually. Right. He's like and, really uh, funny. He's very charming. He's really like down to earth. He loves like just goofing around and 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 being being funny. That's his thing. He always smiles at them. And like, did, did he take out for did he take out for a candlelight dinner during the shoot? Oh, <laughs> no. He. I think all those actors are so focused on their. Um, on their movie, like on, on you know, on their characters. Most of the time, whenever we do eat, we eat them all together. So we did have like a couple of meals all together as cast, and it was cool because I got to talk to everybody. A lot of the times, that's when I um, really got to know Wesley Snipes and Antonio Maderas. Like I sat in between of them all the time, and it was cool. And uh, you know, uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of our female listeners. Uh, uh, I, I actually, uh, this is actually a question from, uh, uh, I had put out on the internet that you were going to be on with us and, uh, yeah. uh, all the, all our women listeners, they all wanted me to ask you the same question. So this is coming from them, not from me. What is it like playing Mel Gibson's wife? <laughs> I think, um, well, it was surreal like i i would ne- would have never imagined myself being my given wife or playing one so it was it, it was completely something that i did not expect but at the same time it was it was very um i was very grateful because i learned a lot from from the man himself like he's just an amazing human being and incredible artist and and very very smart man that whenever i was next to him and every time you know we were talking and prior to even shooting we like improvised a little bit in characters and it was awesome because you learn so much from him it's like i don't know a year of being in school because that guy is, is incredible he, it's like there's nobody else like him and that's why hence that's why uh, you know his movies were amazing and still are you know, and, you know, it's like you, uh, you know, getting to be in this particular movie, I mean, you know, you're, you shared the set. I mean, I mean, you, you shared the set with, you know, he played Han Solo. He was Indiana Jones, you know, Harrison Ford. I mean, yeah. you know, you, 
But, and I'm not just saying this. I mean, I know our listeners will say, oh, Icon's going to go there. But I'm not saying it because it's you. You were my favorite in that movie. Oh. You know? Well, I was one of the only girls in that movie. <laughs> well, I know, but you, you were still my favorite. Well, you, you, uh, Ron, Rhonda was a, a close second, but you were, you were number one. In that <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. So what, um, uh, tell us, um, uh, now that we talked about some of your past projects, what, uh, what are you working on now? Uh, are you working on any movies? Are you writing on any? And, uh, do you need a, uh, extra to come in? And I'm volunteering <laughs> for that. Well, thank you. Uh, yes, of course. We can arrange that. Um, I am working on something. I just finished doing a new movie, uh, an action film called uh, Hollow Point. Um, it was directed by Daniel Zarelli. Um, Adele Noor produced it. Um, a really cool, fun, like indie action film comes out next year, starring Luke Goss, Michael Foray, uh, Roger Smith, myself, and. Jay Moore. There you go. And uh, what uh, can you give us a little bit of the plot or uh, a little bit? A little bit. I played. I, I played a really fun character. I played uh, Detective Emily Plaza. Um, I was uh, trying to figure out this one murder that that happened. And I was very close, and then eventually I um, get one on one. Um, I can't talk a lot about the plot, but, but it's, okay. it's, it's a lot of fun. It's it's, it's uh it's definitely cool and 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 nonstop like a lot of great moments. You're gonna enjoy it, and it's it's the first time I played uh, a detective, which was really interesting for me. At first, I was kind of like a little bit not against it, but like I was questioning my own abilities. Thinking, hmm, can I pull off an American detective? You know, and then once I grasped the character, I actually fell in love with her. And I was like, oh, I don't want to let go. I want to continue playing this this awesome detective. It just felt like super cool being in her shoes. So, so is this a movie then that uh, you'd like to do a sequel of then? Like? I think they already they already are thinking to do a, a sequel, and definitely my character is somebody who's coming back. So um, okay. we'll see, we'll see. But it was it was a lot of fun, and the boss is great. Um, Jay Moore is an amazing, funny, but also serious actor. Just uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and we shot in the way, so it was easy. I was close to my home. I just had to like jump in my car and go to set and come back home. So it was something that I definitely enjoyed a lot. Now you uh, you had also mentioned a little bit ago that uh, you uh, you want to do some directing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. is there a project that you're working on there that you can talk about, or do you want to kind of keep that on the low low for now? As a director, I'm still kind of quite, like still trying to find that perfect project I want to you know get into. Um, I am working on something as a producer. Um, it's called The Bayou. It's something that um, we should start shooting hopefully later this this year. We had to postpone the shoot a little bit, uh, but I have a great cast attached. Um, so uh, with an amazing director, Gary Fleeter, written by Peter Eilis. Um He's a great writer who wrote original Point Break and lots of other movies. And I have an amazing cast so far, Jerry Oldman, Bill McLean, um and a few other names. Myself. 
<laughs> yeah, but oh. I'm producing and uh, with my company going to burn film. Now we have uh, we have uh, I have a couple members of my uh, my show here uh, that would like I know has a few questions. Uh, uh, Granny Hulkster, what do you got? Well, I've just been enjoying this interview. I mean, she sounds like really amazing, and be able to work with such a great talent like she has done. I mean, I've just enjoying been enjoying listening to this interview. I guess maybe my question is, what has been your most enjoyable movie that you've ever been a part of? Um, so far, I would say, I think the first movie I shot as as, as the lead, um, it was it's called Killer Mermaid. <laughs> the only reason I'm saying it, it's not even like one of those serious movies. But we had we had so much fun, and and the location itself was just incredible. Uh, we shot in in, um, in in Serbia, in Montenegro, and it's just one of those amazing islands that you can see in. Uh, and and a lot of the, the the sets that we used, they were real sets. The the movie was set in this on this uh, small island in the middle of the sea, um, and that island had uh, it used to had kind of like an Alcatraz type of prison, um, and of course there's nobody there, and it was completely abandoned. So we got on that island and we shot most of our movie based on that set, and. It, just, wow. it was just such a crazy, creepy experience. Yeah, and at night, especially when we had a night shoot, it was incredible. At some point, like we had power out, uh, power that went out completely, and it was like pitch black on this crazy island in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, feeling that that prison vibe. It, it was just, it was incredible. I'm always like, I love traveling and experiencing new things and just finding new locations to me like that's the most important thing why I even became an actress so I, I, I think that was my most favorite moment ever because I just it was totally surreal and I felt like we, we should have been filming a movie within a movie of like what actually went on behind the camera because there were so many things that happened to us and uh you know uh you know I, I know I mentioned this a little bit ago but um uh, when you do do your first, uh, ha- when you do do your direct movie, and like I say, if you need a, an extra, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll come out, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'll work for, I'll work for food, whatever, I'll carry your bags, I'll shine <laughs> your shoes, uh, I'll wash the oh, camera okay. lenses, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll babysit the dog, you oh, know, I'll thank give- you. I'll do anything you need to do for me to be part of your 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 film. Well, thank you. I will definitely consider that kind of offer. You you can even throw me <laughs> off a building. I wouldn't care as long as I can be part of it. <laughs> well, you should care a little bit, but okay. Point taken. Basically, yeah. basically, I can use you on a video, and I'm just kidding. Yeah, yes, you can. Just as long as long as you film it as I'm going out the building. Exactly. Uh, now, one thing have you do here real quick we got we got about uh nine minutes here left with you one thing that we have all our guests do is we have them do a little uh uh liner promo for us so basically and if you want to write this down you can't uh so you'll know what this I wish is. i don't have a pen with me i'm outside walking my dog okay well we'll uh well i'll, I'll kind of give it to you and then yeah. if we have to do a couple takes we'll do that so basically you'll say uh hey this is manly burn the star of whatever movie you want to say 
Uh, you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Yeah, that's a few things to say. <laughs> okay, so hey, this is Natalie Byrne, um, the star of The Executioner, and the upcoming movie, The Lagoon, which I'm going to be filming um, later this year, by the way. And you're listening on... What is it? Attitude Era Live. Okay, Attitude Era Live. With the icon. With the icon. The Big Swing. Big Swing. Yep, and Granny Holster. And Gray Holster. Granny Holster. Granny. Sorry, I can't. I can't hear. That's okay. Granny Holster. Okay. Uh, Do you want to text it to me so I don't mess it up? Okay. Sure, I will. I will. Take me a little bit to type that, but uh, uh, let's see. Um, I should just have this. And uh, uh, while I'm setting this up, um, now uh, mm-hmm. with the Expendables three, uh, did you did you have to audition for that, or did? Uh, uh, um, Sylvester call you say, hey, I want you in this movie, or how did that come about? Oh, I wish. No, I used to be one of the producers of that film, and talking about my first move to a mermaid, I was filming in, in Serbia, and they were filming in Bulgaria. So knowing <laughs> that they were in Europe, I was like, oh, this is called by I feel like, you know, like an hour by plane, how bad can it be? So I told them I could be a local hire. And they're like, okay, we can definitely consider you for that. So, um, you know, they're like, jump on the plane and get over here and let, let me fly to the rest alone and see what happens. So I did, thinking, oh, this is going to be like an hour on the plane. It's not going to take too long. It was actually a five-hour drive and three, hour, three hours on, on my plane. By the time I got there, I finally was like, hey, I'm here. And I remember uh, Stallone looked at me and said, oh, that's great. So uh, I, I know where to place you, but we'll still have to talk to other people, the director and the other producers. And, of course, Mel Gibson, who you might be playing with. You know, you might be playing as his wife. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I had to do that that trip another three times before they could say anything. And I was like and that was in between my filming of Killing Mermaid, which was crazy, but it was totally worth it. Because every time I came to set I had met somebody new from the Expendables Three. So it, it like it's it's incredible to be a part of that film where you literally meet every single, you know, action icon that you had been growing up with. So yeah, that's real that's really, really cool about the series. Uh, exactly. I just texted it to you. I just texted it to you. Did you get it? Okay. I see it. Yep. Can you hear me? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh, I'll count you down from five, and you, you'll start with your introduction, because I know you know your name. I didn't have to send you that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, no, I'll count you down from five, and then if we have to do a couple takes, we'll do that. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hello. My name is Natalie Byrne. I'm the star of the Executioner's movie, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the icon, Granny Holster, and the Big Swing. Perfect. That was awesome. Awesome. Now, um, 
uh, we do, uh, we got, we, like I said, we got about five minutes here with you because I, I know that uh, we don't want to take up too much time and I still want you to like us uh, when you hang up the phone. But uh, <laughs> during your during your next project, uh, would you uh, be willing to come back on with us again at some point? Sure. All right. And uh, now uh, there there is a little funny thing that that happens, and I know that uh, you uh, you you said you'd be willing to drop the restraining order if I stopped calling you every night. So I'm going to stop doing that oh. as long as you promise to drop the restraining order. <laughs> Boy, I don't have a restraining order against you, do I? <laughs> well, a, a lot of uh, a lot of our female wrestlers. No, it's 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 an inside joke, but I, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we, we'd like to have you on again, and then uh, also, uh, if you can, uh, when you get time, uh, uh-huh. maybe you, uh, you could send us a few autographs or giveaways for our big December show that we got coming up. Sure, sure. I can do that. Absolutely. And you should, can I, should, I, should I text the address to you, or should I send it yeah. on a messenger? Because yeah. I know you got two messenger accounts. You can just text it to me. That'd be easy. easy. I don't always check my messenger. Okay. All right, and uh, I, I know I asked you about this earlier, but I uh, my ego can't resist it. Uh, the icon made you a cool little collector's card. Was that not the coolest thing you ever saw, or what? It was awesome. It was great. It was definitely one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I was like, oh, wow. You definitely spent a lot of time like creating it, right? Right, and I, I was just kind of curious. That, that photo I used, uh, mm-hmm. what, what was going on in that? that deal were you training for something or were you practicing something um i was just training it was like i try to train almost every day um well actually every day unless something's stopping me like filming um yeah that was just me regular you know right before i go to uh jog with my dog (laughs) just regular stretching can you imagine and, what uh, I do when I actually prepare for a movie? <laughs> oh, damn. And uh, if uh, if our fans out there are listening and they wanted to, you have a Facebook, you have an Instagram, yeah. you have a YouTube, what do you got out there? I got an Instagram. It's Natalie um, uh, underscore Burn. And then I have Twitter, NatalieBurn01. My Facebook is also NatalieBurn Official. Um, I'd like you guys to follow me. Um, for more news and more information about my upcoming project, I also have a website, natalieburn.net, and a YouTube page, Natalie Burn as well. Awesome. Well, okay, we, uh, we do appreciate uh, you joining us today. I know we said it was going to be about a half hour, but I know I kept you a little longer than that. Uh, and we we loved having you on with us, and you've been you. awesome. And uh, like I say, I hope that uh, you're willing to come back on with us. And uh, when you see uh, that 701 number, call you on the mm-hmm. phone, you won't say, oh, my God, it's him again. <laughs> That's okay. I don't mind. Hopefully, right, I'll, call you from, hopefully I'll call you from my uh, next summer I'm preparing to do with my company, 7M Productions, the Lagoon movie that I'm putting together. Right. And you'll call me saying, hey, uh, we need I an extra. I will be like, hey. I'm on set. Come by. Yeah, we we even we fly to Puerto Rico or Thailand, which is where we're planning to shoot. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we need an extra. We need someone to get shot in this next scene, uh, and we exactly. thought of you. <laughs> exactly. I will personally shoot you. Just kidding. We're <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Thanks, Natalie. You've been wonderful. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. You've been thank awesome. You. Thank you. All right. Bye. 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 Natalie Byrne, ladies and gentlemen, how can you how can you resist that? What a great individual she is. What a great actor she is, and what a great person she is. Natalie Byrne. Hey, yeah, uh, definitely, so definitely next, was. Uh, she was. Uh, well, by the way, Icon, in case anybody cares, uh, Bryce Harper just won Big Derby, so. That was fun times. So I was I was sort of listening to Natalie and also uh, doing my article on, on Bryce. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, the movies she was talking about, uh, I, I, I've seen The Expendables. haven't really seen The Executioner, though. Uh, there, were, there were some questions there that you, you treaded water on. And I was like, oh, geez, is she going to get this? But. But she's she's a nice lady, so she she uh, you know didn't get too mad at you. But um, you know she was very very willing to answer all the questions that you had. So that was fun. And, and again, just to show you, we don't just talk to wrestlers here. We talk to everybody. I mean, we've had actors on, we've had movie directors, we've had baseball players, uh, you know, family members of, of actors and, and sports players. So I mean, yes, it is a wrestling show, but yes, we, we will talk to anybody who is willing to talk to us. And uh, again, I'm definitely going to go tonight on Netflix when I get home and check that uh, check that movie out. It sounds very interesting. So. Um, and, uh, now, Icon, you know, who do we have? Uh, our next guest will be uh, Cheryl Lightning Ruiz. Uh, she's going to be calling in. Okay. Uh, and I might have to call you her, were, too. You were saying something uh, a minute ago, though. Well, uh, you know, uh, she she was in Expendables 3 with Ronda Rousey, which is a direct connect to the WWE. So, you know, oh. it, it all ties in one way or the other. You know? Yes, yes, it does. So, which is fun. And, uh, um, also- well, let me know if you got a call lighting also, because I'm in front of the switchboard here, but we have nobody on the line yet. So let me know. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to try and get a hold of her now, and then, uh, uh, you know, you guys can talk it out for a little bit, and then we'll see what's going on. All right. So, just give me a few seconds. All right. So, um, Granny, there was uh, – my buddy actually went to Arkansas relatively recently. Is there a place um, – I got to check the shirt again. The reason I say the shirt is because he went to a Hooters when he was down there, and he was sending me photos, and the girls had shirts on that say the name of the town. And I think it was uh, – is it Fort Smith, I think it's called? Yeah, we have Fort, Fort Smith, something. Arkansas. Yeah, we have Fort, Fort Smith, Smith, yeah. Is that Arkansas. near you or uh, – A little over an hour away. A little bit now. It's actually a bigger yeah. state than you would think. Um, you well, know, it, it's uh Yeah, now, I mean Go ahead. Oh no, I was saying are you near the Ozark Mountains or not? Well, I mean, okay. I'm where I live at in Arkansas, I live in Springdale, Arkansas, which is like part of northwest Arkansas. Now yeah. when I first moved to Arkansas, I lived at a place called Holiday Island, which is like 10 miles north of Eureka Springs. And that's where you get okay. more into the Ozark Mountains, um, which is still part of, um, you know, not so much northwest Arkansas, but I mean, it's, um, 
sure. we're close to Missouri. I mean, we were close to Missouri, and me, and when I lived at Eureka Springs or Holiday Island, we were about like an hour away from Branson, Missouri, and we were about an hour away from Springfield. So oh, we okay. were kind of like, okay. you know, um, and then where I live at now, of course, I'm like less than 10 minutes from Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is the home of the Arkansas Razorbacks, um, you know, Wukitsui, and then we have like Fayetteville, Springdale. Pig Suey. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have like Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville, Bella Vista, you know, so, which is like all part of Northwest so, so Arkansas. You're kind of you're kind of so. far from uh, from Little Rock, though, right? Uh, about three hours. Three hours, yeah. Not quite. Well, not uh, quite and three then hours uh, one one other Rock. town. Well, not then. Not that this is not supposed to be a geography lesson, but I am curious. Um, my school played, uh, we had D1 men's soccer, and uh, we played against a school that, I think it's an HBCU, I'm not sure, but I know that we played them in an exhibition game. Uh, it was Arkansas Pine Bluff. I don't know yeah, if you Pine know what Pine Bluff is. That's, yeah, Pine Bluff is a little bit even further than Little Rock from me, so yeah, I know oh, where Pine Bluff is. Down that way, okay. Well, you know, okay. you know what's so, interesting about Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I don't know if you guys ever saw that? the movie Long Gone, but uh, the movie in there, uh, the movie, the one character played by William L. Peterson of CSI fame, uh, played a baseball player named Stud Cantrell, who was always when he would go out to bat, they always say the pride of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Stud Cantrell, which was interesting. That's what. That's well, nice. you know, you know the guy we had on here um, shortly after I started helping you guys. You know, do you remember Tim Storm? Icon, do you remember Tim, Tim Storm? Tim, he's from he, Tim, Storm, he, he, Storm. Tim Storm. Tim Storm is from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, originally. Okay. All right. It's actually funny that you mention it, uh, Granny, because I, I used to play the college football game a lot uh, on Xbox before they stopped making it due to copyright things. And um, it was funny. I actually picked the, you know, I had the Razorbacks were one of my teams that I chose to be in the dynasty. Uh, and everyone was like, why the hell are you picking, you know, Arkansas? And I was just like, I don't know. It's just always been something about them, you know, playing in the SEC. Um, and But I've also always been interested in the Red Wolves. I, again, covering uh, college football is huge up, up here in, in New York. And it's one of my biggest responsibilities at the station is covering uh, college football. And um, there, there's another uh, team that's actually gotten better in the last however many years, uh, and that is Arkansas State, which is in Jonesboro. I don't know if you're familiar with where that is. But. Yeah, I've, I've been to Jonesboro. So. But it, it's just kind of funny that it's just kind of uh, ironic that Granny calls us up one day out of the blue, and she's from Arkansas, and that was the team I used to have my dynasty team with when I played the college football game on Xbox. And randomly, like it was almost like it was a sign. I chose Arkansas just out of the blue, and then all of a sudden something Arkansas calls us. It was, uh, I don't know if you guys believe in that stuff, but it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you can't make that up, you know? So. Well, I thought you all might all be right. interested to know Bobby Lashley won the second 
triple threat match. So he's going to be facing Roman Reigns next week, guys. Oh, geez, another another Roman Reigns Bobby Lashley. That's great. Yes, yes, yes. I thought you'd enjoy hearing that big swing. Oh yeah, yeah that's not. That's, we know who's gonna. We know who's gonna win that, don't you? Uh yeah, Roman. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. Here we go. More uh, more bland disappointment. Hey, Icon, were you able to? Uh, no, I got a voicemail, but she had she had confirmed. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna try again. Uh, but uh, right, I'm also, I'm also gonna walk back had... into I'm gonna walk back into the studio and check the switchboard too. So. All right, what was that? All right. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to check the video that I had posted on our Facebook page, but uh, the icon was live on stage with Sherwin Linton this last Saturday. And, I saw uh, that icon. Yeah, Sherwin Linton, Sherwin Linton is going to be a guest on our show. Uh, him and his wife uh, is going to be a guest on our show. And uh, you guys can ask him what it was like being on stage with the icon, because I know it was pretty cool. Because I, I know I, I would be ecstatic if I was on stage with myself. You know, yeah, of course, that's just me. Yeah, so what exactly anyway. were you doing? Because, like, I saw the video. Were you, like, singing backup vocals or something? Or what? I mean, what was your role in that whole thing? Well, when I was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give everybody a short point. You can go on our web page, our, our Facebook page, Off the Ropes, because Facebook won't let me change it to that if you're alive because they say it's offensive. But uh, anyway, uh, when I was a kid, my dad used to play this record called The Three Bears, sung by Sherwin Linton and the Cotton Kings. And uh, every day when I was five years old, I would not go to sleep unless my dad played that record. So uh, I happened to uh, find Sherwin Linton uh, on the web and on the Internet. And uh, I told him that story and asked if he would be a guest on our show. And he said, uh, well, you know, I haven't really done that song in a while. But if you, uh, if, uh, you know, if I ever, if you ever come to a concert, just let me know. And uh, I'll let you come on stage and do the uh, baby part, the baby bear part which I did, and, uh, you know, the basically, you know, uh, the the Baby Bear's part was uh, said A-bop or E-bop, and that's what I did, and that's the part I did, and uh, um, it was a dream come true because I've been wanting to do that song with Sherman Williams since I was five years old, you know. So 35 years later, I got finally got to do it, and he made my dream come true of being on stage with him. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, so he's going to be on the show with us uh, in September, October, I believe it is. And uh, he can tell us all about that, which is interesting. So I'm going to try and get a hold of our guest one more time and see if um, – oh, she just sent me a message. So she should be calling in. Uh, are you watching the switchboard? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm going to check right now. Nope, still nobody on the switchboard. Okay. But anyway, yeah, Granny, so I was saying that. Hold on a second. Oh, she's calling you. Okay, you take it. You take it. It's fine. 
So, so uh, Granny, I was saying, um, you know, I, I know that, you know, college football is, is a huge thing. And he, you know, covering here in sports radio, um, uh, you know, it's a big thing for me from, from a radio standpoint. And I know that a lot of people are, you know, super, super into their college football. In your area, Arkansas football is like life on Saturday afternoons in the fall, right? I mean, is it, is it as big there as it is some other areas of the country? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is especially. I mean, they're already they're already starting to talk about Arkansas. I mean, Razorback football starting up here soon, and yeah. you know, talking well, they, about they, they just know, had Arkansas a player. Ha- well, we and we have and Razorbacks. We have a new coach this year too. So you know, you do okay. We have yeah. You just had a player a drafted coach. in the first round to Detroit. Your your center Frank yeah, Ragnall there. I went to the yeah, Detroit Lions. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, Arkansas. Fun a lot of people love the Razorbacks here, and and I mean, when the Razorbacks play in Fayetteville, <laughs> you don't even want to get anywhere near Razorback Stadium unless unless you want to get tied so up. So the traffic, traffic is crazy. Because, huh? Oh yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay, guys. And it's like, and it's yes. Oh, okay, uh, our guest is going to be calling us. She just got done teaching her class. Is why she's been answered, and uh, apparently my text messages were interrupting her class. So now she probably wants to put me in a sleeper hold or something. Uh, but hopefully not. How many text um, messages did you send her? Oh, only twenty-seven. Only. Oh, geez. Um. Well, uh, icon. That that's not at all creepy. Um. All right. Let me go back to the studio and I'll the switchboard. Hang on. Yeah, she said she's going to call in two minutes, which is probably one minute now. So, uh, Granny. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you know, if you uh, if you can think of any other uh, wrestlers that you know that I know you're a lot of friends with a lot of them, and I like to become friends with them too. You know, pass my number to them or my contact information. I'll get them on the show. You know. Uh, okay. Like I'd like to get. Uh, uh, the, What's his name? With wrestling with a cause, I'd like to get him on. Too, oh, Tim know? Rockwell. Yeah, yeah. I I gave him your number. I mean, I gave him your contact information and everything. I, you know, I, just, I, mean, fact, I think I may I, I may have contacted. I think I may have talked to him. I just couldn't remember what his first name. Was. Tim. And uh, you're gonna be yeah, and you're gonna be on the uh, show uh, with us on Thursday, right? Yeah, because I actually help uh, B Train. With his podcast from time to time, he kind of made me his co-host too. So <laughs> Granny's just kind of right, like, name, you know, Granny's Tom, just right? no Brian B Train. Brian is the one yeah, that we're well, going to be on the show with Thursday night. Tim Rockwell right. is wrestling for a cause. Well, right, 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 right. Okay. But yeah, so I've been kind of uh, helping him. I've been helping him with his podcast too. So. He's kind of made me his co-host so, as well. So, Icon, tell me, uh, while, while you were cutting over and uh, interrupting her class, uh, we, we were talking a little bit about college football, which is going to be starting up here in the next uh, four or so weeks. Um, as you know, students are going to start heading back to school and things. Um, she was talking about, Granny was talking about, you don't want to be anywhere near Razorback Stadium on game day. Uh, how is it in Fargo, in the Fargo Dome, if you wanted to go to, like, for instance, uh, a Bison game? Uh, how's the traffic around the Fargo Dome uh, on a game day at home? Good, good luck. 
with all the tailgating stuff going on, good luck. You you, you won't get in. That's kind of way it is at Razorback uh, had had uh, down by the university too. Everybody tailgating, it's crazy. But I will say this though, no no one really tailgates like us. <laughs> why why is that? Oh, I don't know, Icon. We got some pretty good people that's got pretty good tailgate parties going down here in Fayetteville, Arkansas on game day too. Well, well and, and you know the deal, they, 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 act- they play in the SEC though. You know, I mean they're playing crazy competition. I mean they're playing Alabama and LSU every week. So, I mean it's a little different. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we uh, we uh, we tailgate on uh, what is it? Um, it's, it's, I don't know how many acres it is, but they had to add on more room uh, because, <laughs> because of that. Uh, uh, wow. So uh, and. And uh, like I was talking to Granny while you're checking the board, uh, you are uh, you are going to be uh, joining us right at 11:30 on Thursday, right? Yes. For our um, okay. So yes, sir. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, I you got did the number too. Yeah. Right? Okay. I did. I did. Cool. Speaking of the number, when when is she supposed to be calling in? Right now. Okay, I'll look for it. Okay. I hate to text her the number again. Oh, yeah, don't know. Don't text her again. You've already interrupted her. Speak of the devil, there she is. All right, Icon, I'm going to let you do your thing, man. Hopefully she's not too pissed at you. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, our second combatant of the night, she brings the storm and she brings the thunder and the lightning. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Cheryl, Lightning, Ruiz. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I like the way you pronounce my last name. <laughs> it's R-U-S-A. It's Rusa. Rusa. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. I, I can do that okay. again if you want, but. No, uh, I'm but, fine uh, with it. Okay, but I, I did text. Say that again. I sent you Uh-oh, a text right. message uh, of a of a little script. Uh, we'll have you do uh, when we have you do the promo for us uh, before the end of the interview. But uh, All right, what I we haven't like to read do it, is, just so you know. So, okay. so you I just jumped straight to calling you. I'm going to have to pause and read it for a minute too. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so what, uh, after I introduce our guests, we'd like to have our guests give a little background. If you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, then we'll ask you some cool questions. All right, and you can hear me okay because I am on a, a earpiece in my car driving. Oh, you're perfectly beautiful. You're fine. Okay, cool. Um, okay, um, I hail from Redondo Beach originally. And I was a trainer who just barely started taking acting classes when the glow opportunity came along. I went on two or three look-sees and then ended up in Vegas uh, for what was basically a daily audition until there was none. It was like the last man standing kind of a situation. Uh, Started out on my group, we did season three and four. Uh, 52 episodes 
of flow, and we were doing multiple multiple matches every day. Uh, there must have been 60-plus girls there originally, and they just kept getting picked off. Some just walked because they didn't like it. Some were just completely incapable of uh, walking, you know, like they had two left feet kind of a situation. And then there were the girls that uh, got injured right in front of my eyes and, and in front of all of our eyes. And in one breath, we're thinking, oh, crap, i got to do that thing next that just broke this girl's arm or collarbone or whatever. And then on the other thought in our heads are that's one less girl, that one more step towards becoming a glow girl. Uh, I became a glow girl and did uh, the two seasons of Glow and the 100th episode and the pay-per-view. And then after that, I went on to do LPWA, the Ladies Professional Wrestling Alliance, uh, JWP out of Japan. I toured all over the world doing pro wrestling. I was trained by Susan Sexton because Glow gave me the wrestling bug. (laughs) And let's see. Uh, Then I started doing circus bareback riding. Uh, Where you're vaulting on horses, you're standing on horses doing tricks, you're uh, standing on people standing on horses, that kind of thing. And I was just touring. I was doing that simultaneously as touring with wrestling. Just I would go back and forth. And then I just ran into one too many stunt person who said, you would make an excellent stunt person, your size and your athletic ability. Next thing you know, I'm a stunt woman. And I've been a stunt woman ever since. I've been stunting since 1990. And, and that's, uh, you and know, that's you where I'm at right now, and stunt coordinating. That's, and, is that uh, enough you know, of a you bio? Mentioned, uh, glow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned glow wrestling, and uh, we've had uh, a few of, uh, I don't know, well, usually the term is brethren, but I guess in this case your sister. And uh, we've, had, uh, we've had a few of uh, your, uh, your friends on with us. We've had Rox, uh, Roxy Aster on with us. We've had uh, Patricia Summerland. I know you know. I know you know them. I'm sure you do, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. They were in my. They and, were in my group, season three and four. Actually. Right. And. I I I, I stand corrected. Roxy was in season three and four, and Sunny was in three. Right, and uh, you know the the cool thing about uh, you know being uh, uh, in global wrestling. You know, uh, I, I had told the story. I'll tell this real quick. Uh, you know, uh, I used to watch Glow Girls, the, you know, on Saturday mornings. Uh, and uh, the week, uh, I don't know if you were on uh, at that time, but uh, there was one week when uh, the girls of Glow Wrestling were on card charts with Bob Eubanks. And I, uh, I pretended to be sick that whole week. Uh, so I could watch uh, every episode of that. Um, of course, that's back and your before, parents, you know, your had... parents believed you. Yeah, and uh, you know that's back I before DVRs and uh, yeah, and I, I before I learned how to program a VHS. But anyway, yeah, not everybody uh, had and, them. I understand that. Right, and I'm sure that my parents are listening now, and they're like, 
Oh, really? <laughs> they'll they'll be talking to you next Thanksgiving about that. <laughs> you still with me? I'm losing you. Okay, I got I'm here. Is that better? Is that better? Yes, much better. Okay. Now, you know, you mentioned uh, that, you know, you, you're a stunt woman. Now, uh, compared to, uh, or maybe there is no real comparison, uh, being a, a stunt gal and being in, being a wrestler, uh, is there any similarities or are there just more differences or is there is there any comparison with the two? Well, uh, wrestling is a good base for stunts, but... Um, the difference, I suppose, is money, <laughs> One, to be sure, because you get real money when you're on a movie set most of the time. And um, the other difference, I would say, is a, uh, a, a stunt woman has to know multiple uh, things. That's what brought me to the, the trick riding, the horseback trick riding stuff, because I wanted other skills for stunts. So um, okay. you're always adding more skills. In wrestling, I suppose it's more moves, but in stunt work, it's it's more skills. Can I do this skill? Can I learn that skill? Um, and building on skills we already have as a base. Like I was roller skating since I was three years old, so I had that on my resume, and I've used it multiple times uh, doing stunt work because, and then I just never stopped skating. Uh, building new skills, I learned how to do high falls, uh, work on wires and fire and car work, and and then everything else is basically based out of fighting and it's based out of wrestling. It's hitting the ground. One big thing that I learned from uh, from wrestling is hitting the ground hard. In a movie situation, uh, they limit, okay, you're doing this thing and you got to do it like, you know, five to whatever ma- amount of times. Hopefully they're not stupid and they don't make you do it 20 times. If you like doing a drop kick off the third rope 20 times, you know, it's just too big of a bump to be hitting over and over and over and over and over again. But sometimes it happens. And the the skin and muscle, you know, the skin I built, the the heart and the muscle I built out of wrestling has saved me a bunch of times doing stunts. Now, um, are you able to uh, tell us uh, what movies uh, you were a stunt double in, or do you have to just keep that uh, on the low-low? No, I don't have to keep it on the low-low, but it's going to take me a second to tell you because... I'm going to pull out a resume. I just get brain dead when it comes to how many, whatever I've done. It just happens. It's like it's like wrestling towns, You re- and it's the same way with me. Somebody asked me where I wrestled across the U.S. I can name some specific places, but there's a lot of places there. It just becomes a blur. A B-L-U-R blur. We got time. All right. I, I'm getting a little bit of feedback on my end. It sounds like somebody else is talking, but it's me. So excuse me for slowing down because I'm trying to get past my own voice doubling back on me. As long as you're not hearing right. that. Oh, we're not. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. So I'm hearing some feedback icons, but I'm not sure where it's coming from. 
So you do hear that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, is that better? Uh, I'm just going to. Yeah. I, well, yeah, that is. What was it? What was that? Too too well, high of a mic, I, maybe? Well, yeah, I, I, I have a new microphone, and uh, sometimes uh, you hear the feedback, sometimes you don't. I usually like to talk into the mic instead of holding the phone up to my ear, but if uh, if you guys are hearing the feedback, I'll uh, do it like this because, uh, you know, plus it's also giving you time to look at your resume, too. <laughs> yeah, now I got it out. Well, I just, it's just because it's all – well, not all of it, but there's some of it here. I've um, – I'll uh, tell you what's on this list, and if you want to ask about any of it, you can. Um, sure. This is all TV, although this might be a movie. Almost Home is a movie. I think I've got it in the wrong. I, I've uh, mixed my TV and movies together, sorry, so it's either or. Um, it's okay. Almost, okay. A movie called Almost Home, uh, the TV series True Detective, uh, Gordiver Gibbons, Life on Normal Street. That's uh, an Amazon Prime show, and it's, you can watch it. It's like you order it kind of like Netflix. You just go on there. If you've got Prime, you can get at it. On uh, Gordimer Gibbons, I've done some horse work and some fights and driving. I played the Grim Reaper also. Um, uh, a TV show called Dad. I doubled uh, okay. Tonita Castro. I don't know if anybody knows Tonita Castro. I had to put on this yep. heavy, heavy fat suit because she's a lot heavier than I am, but she's she is my height, so I was a great double. And I did some really cool work on that. Um, uh, Criminal Minds. I did a couple episodes of Criminal Minds. Uh, Flash Forward. Uh, I was doubling uh, Amy Rosoff. I I got to. Uh, crash on a motorcycle into a reflection uh, pool, uh, kind of a, a giant fountain kind of a thing, and uh-huh. then had a fight. And then I had a fight in about four feet of water. That was awesome. Uh, I did oh, uh, a couple uh, episodes of Castle. Uh, I didn't mean yes. to interrupt you, but Criminal Minds, that, so you were on with Joe Montaigne, right? I'm not sure who I was on with. I'm sorry. Uh, well, is that no, one of the main that, actors I, on the show? Yeah, I think Criminal Minds is Joe Montana's show. Uh, oh, of course, some people like I to did, confuse him with Joe Montana. But. Well, I did an episode called, um, oh, God, something 101. Like they were studying, um, uh, they're studying uh, the mind of a psychopath. And it yeah, starts out on, yeah, it I, starts I out on stage, yeah. and they go straight into it. I basically yeah, I got backhanded it, down a, Network, right? yeah, I got backhanded down a flight of stairs into a um uh, into a window glass window. Oh. Uh, now, what is the fun. most dangerous stunt that you've done that that you would say that you've done? Well, the most dangerous thing I've probably been at is is um high falls because because if you get hurt i mean it's i mean there's a there's a possibility something really bad will happen is high falls and the danger is there in any stunt you do it's just how um walking away from it you know what 
what are you not going to walk away from, and then you have to respect the stunt that you're doing. I've done 65-foot high fall before, um, and wow. car work, I was, I was doing 180s next to the side of a cliff before, and that oh. was fine, but it was scaring the crap out of me, you know, because it's just variables, you know, that happen while you're doing work like that. Now, have um, you um, have have you um had um if you if you can talk about it uh, have you ever have you ever suffered any bad injuries or major injuries or any injuries at all with anything you've done? Um, just multiple injuries, you know, like uh, uh Jim Carrey jumped on my arm, and uh, and hyperextended it um on Man on the Moon. Um, oh, I yeah, that's right. him. Yeah, you were, uh, yeah, you were one of his, uh, one of the gals that he uh, wrestled in as a female gender champion. Yes, that was it, and I got to drop kick him. And they were actually, there's a small story to this. They, I was supposed to do what's called a hair whip, you know, and or a hair mare. But um, a whip is because it's big, you know. You grab somebody and then. And I was working with Mondo Guerrero to show uh, him. Mondo was uh, standing in for Carrie to show him what needed to be done. But since Mondo was a pro and I was a pro, um, the producers were standing around. And we did this move, and him and I just, you know, sold it big time. Uh, it looked very violent. And they they had some huge discussion, and they were worried because I was so little – and he was so big that it would look too mean or vicious. I don't know what. And then I got asked if I could do a drop kick. And I'm like, yeah, I can drop kick. And they're like, you can drop kick. You can get it up to here or whatever. And so, of course, I dropped Mondo in the head, in the face. Mondo's like, go for it, you know. So I uh, drop kicked him. And they're like, okay, she can do a drop kick. So they changed the move for me to drop kick him. And he has that intergender championship belt. And he tells me to hold, uh, to wait until he comes back. He's holding his belt and he's passing it across the audience. And he said, when I when he aimed it straight at me, holding the belt up, he says, "I want you to hit you hit me right when you get here." And at this point, I think they thought that I was so little or something that maybe I was fragile. I don't know. I uh, I was told by Judo Jean LaBelle. Judo Jean pulls me aside and said, make him feel it. I'm like, uh, but don't hurt him. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what do you do with that? So, And you don't mess. Judo, t- uh, I mean, Jean tells you something, you do what you're told. I'm sorry. Anybody who knows right. Jean, you listen to him. You listen to him good. So all I thought was, you know, I'll just hit him like I would a, a worker in the ring. So I brought it up, and I hit him with, uh, I got it all the way up uh, to his chest and nailed him with uh, a missile drop kind of a kick, you know, only off the ground. I did not jump off the third rope. I would have crushed him if I'd done that. I brought it up, nailed him in the chest, and it whiplashed him. He had underestimated my size maybe I don't know but and then we freestyle wrestle for a little bit and he he uh uh just got spazzy I, I was selling him throwing me down to the ground 
and I started to push, uh, do a push-up off the ground, and he jumped on my arm when I was in push-up position. I rolled, I rolled my uh, elbow under, and to this day, there's like a loose chip rolling around in my right elbow because of that. But it was a cool, cool but, experience, you know. But uh, so, uh, so when you did this thing with Jim Carrey, he hurt you, but you made him cry first. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. In fact, the other, in fact, he was doing, now listen, he was doing, each girl had a specific specific move to do, and, uh, you know, with him and a little bit of freestyle wrestling, and he redid uh, takes with the other girls, and he did not want to redo mine. It was one take, and he did not want to take that drop kick again. So no, I, you, it was only no. either that or they well, thought it was both, a great take and they got it, you know. Well, and when you were on the set, uh, was uh, were you on the set when Jerry Lawler was there? Yes, At I all? think I was. I think Jerry was there. I don't know if you heard the. I'll, I'll give you the story. I don't know if you heard the story real quick, but. Yeah. There, I got you. I didn't hear anything you yeah. said. I know you're talking to the audience, so. Okay. He well, he he he. You know, he can't act like a tough guy. He told Jerry Lawler, "I want you to give me a pile driver," you know, and Jerry's like, "No, I'm not going to do that." He said, "No, I want a pile driver." So what they did was they were filming it, and he he gave he gave him the pile driver, and uh, Jim Carrey called for it, but they. Uh, I guess Jim Carrey got upset at Jerry Lawler for, you know, pile driving him. Yeah. And uh, uh I guess Jerry Lawler when he when he went home, uh he thought he was going to get fired and they were going to redo all his stuff because Jim Carrey got upset with it. And they're like, "No, we got the take. It was great. Don't worry about it, Jerry." You know? All right. Well, know. I don't I have no doubts cuz the um there's two things that could have happened. One, um, uh, Jim was thinking of another move and calling it a pile driver. Okay. That can happen too. I've had people uh, say this move and um, it's another move. Um, and the other thing was is there was a stunt double, a dead ringer stunt double that was there that was working with everybody. And he was ready to go, but uh, Jim just wanted to do his own thing. He didn't have to take a beating, but he wanted to do it for the part. And uh, now, uh, did uh, after the little incident with you and Jim Carrey, now did uh, did you guys uh, were you guys uh, be- become uh, enemies, or uh, do you guys uh, uh, didn't have an issue, or uh, no, you didn't have we an just issue did our, no, we were done. We did our thing. And and it was just on to the next girl. But the thing is, is every girl, he, they were doing one or two takes, and mine, it was a one take, boom. I just think in my head that maybe he didn't want to take the drop kick again because I I nailed him like I would a worker because Jean told me to, to make him feel it, but don't hurt him. So, I, you know, plus there's a certain amount of speed. He's super tall. For me to reach up and hit him was like kicking Mondo in the head. Because his chest was so high, I I I took your standard. I backed up and ran, and my timing, or maybe he wasn't expecting my timing, 
because he said hit him right when he gets to here, and I timed it like a wrestler does. I've got fantastic timing in the ring, and it came up, and I nailed him, and I nailed him hard, uh, you know, and I don't think he expected my body weight or or maybe um, the timing to be so right on the money, you know what I mean? Maybe he expected a delay. Because uh, okay. when I got out, when I went, when I went out of the ring, and I was sitting next to some of the stunt guys, one of the guys said, "Do you know how hard you hit him?" I go, uh, "He told me his head just whipped back and whiplashed back." And I, I said, "Gene Labelle told me to do it." <laughs> I like totally threw Gene under the bus. I'm like, "Gene told me to do it." <laughs> I did what no. Gene told me to. Now, uh, I know that, uh, see, I have uh, I have a, a couple uh, co-hosts here with me. Uh, I know that uh, Granny Hawkster, I don't like to take the whole interview, so uh, I'm sure Granny Hawkster You're fine, Icon. You're fine. You sure? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I, I just... Just so you know, I, I'm a I'm not a wrestler, but I'm I'm a big fan of wrestling, and I have been for quite some time. And that Granny Hulkster name, that's just a gimmick name that I was given about 15 years ago because I like to holler at all the bad guys at wrestling shows. It's a fun name. I think it's cool. Yeah, I have one I like shirt. It. This is what you're gonna. It says what you're gonna do when Granny Hulkster goes crazy on you. There was an episode years ago I saw when I was a kid, a little baby reruns, of course, on whatever rerun channel. It was the Beverly Hillbillies, and Granny mm-hmm. was Granny was wrestling and kicking everybody's mm-hmm. butt in a, in a, a wrestling. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. <clears throat> Back Gr- in the day, Granny there and, used to be Sally a. May. Yeah, back in the day, there used to be a, a federation called Traditional Championship Wrestling, and you can still see the old reruns down on TV in the Little Rock area, and I know there's episodes on YouTube, but I used to go to a lot of their shows, and I always used to sit on the front row, and and the last show that they did, Tommy Dreamer used my pulled-up cane on Matt Riviera, one of the wrestlers in the, in the eight-man elimination tag team match, and the announcer's like, oh, my God, he's got Granny Hulkster's cane. And, you know, and Brian Thompson, the other announcer, is like, Granny, what do you think you're doing? This isn't fans. Bring your own weapons match. And, and you know, of course, it looked like he broke it because, you know, he was swinging it. And they're like, oh, my God, he broke Granny's cane. And he came back and he took the handle and he uh, tucked the handle under Matt Revere's tights and then he pulled up on the bottom of the cane and gave him a wedgie and made him hop like a bunny rabbit with my cane, and everybody <laughs> was just like going crazy. I mean, that's so, so fun. That is the fun stuff. That's the thing that brings the audience out of their seats. That's hilarious. Well, I'll well, I go uh, ahead, Icon. No, that's yeah, fine. You're, about, fine. Uh, You're fine, Icon. No, we got about uh, we got about ten minutes with you uh, left with you. Uh, one thing I'm, uh, I'm going to have you go ahead and read that uh, text message uh, so you know what to say uh, for the little liner we're going to have you do. Uh, okay, I'm looking right yeah. now. Let's see what it says. Um, I see it. Yeah, I can read that. No problem. Okay, and you'll, you'll, well, you'll start with your name. Hey, this is, and then you say your name, and then you'll do that script. Now I'll count you down from five, and then if we have to do a couple takes, we'll do that. Uh, I don't know why I never thought of sending a text message with a script before to any of our other guests, 
But our, our guest that was on before you, she said, well, why don't you just text her to me? It's like, I never thought of that. So I'm going to start doing it. <laughs> well, I couldn't read it if I didn't have my glasses on. I'm sitting, right, listen, so- I'm sitting into my car in front of my house because I don't want to move because we've got a good connection. So it's nice okay. and quiet out All here, right. thank goodness. And uh, you're also uh, you're also the second female guest that we had tonight that uh, has given me their phone number that does not have a restraining order on me uh, after they've given me their phone number. Ah. So so who was on earlier today? Uh, it I was, was working. Natalie I couldn't Byrne. listen. Oh, okay. It was Natalie Byrne. Very good. And uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll count you on for five, and then uh, we'll see how it goes. Right. Five, okay. four, three, two, one. Hi, everybody. This is Cheryl Lightning Russa. Hey, you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the icon, Granny Hulkster, and the Big Swing. Yahoo! Awesome. And one take, too. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the sad thing is usually it takes uh, our guests three or four takes because they have to write it down. I uh, I don't know why I never thought of texting in the script before, but and uh, uh, now I got to have a uh, do a couple ego questions for you real quick, and then I'll ask you some other questions before we wrap it up. Uh, now okay. the icon made you a cool collector's car. Was that not the coolest thing you ever saw? Uh, made me a cool what now? I made you a collector's card. You know, I, I, I messaged into you on Messenger, that card I made. I oh, guess. no, I did Was see that. Picture? I did see that. I'm so sorry. I've just been really busy. I've been working on a movie, and my mind is on on it. It's uh, it's called Not the Overlords or something. <laughs> I don't know the full bit. It's a working title anyway. Uh, but my mind has been in paperwork because the movie starts in two days. When, uh, can, can you can you tell do you know when it's released or, uh, or it's not? a horror movie it, releasing is I, I can tell you it's probably going to be released to something like sci-fi it's being done by oh, the same is, people who did the Sharknado series okay the Asylum, so the Asylum are, are pictures you, are you in more than one episode or just this one or no this is a movie Oh, it's a movie, okay. And then yeah. uh, maybe uh, before it's released or after it's released, you can come back on with us and then we can talk about that too. Oh, that would be great. Uh, and I <clears throat> I just also finished another project uh, called Bloody Corral. Um, and I was doubling a girl. And also I played her too at the same time she was her. It's kind of like a, a possession possession thing and she's facing herself. And um, and I just did a short also called uh, Hotcakes, based in the 80s. So they, the whole cast and crew were all into the 80s, and they found somebody found out I was a glow girl, and it was a big hit. I guess everybody's like, "Oh my God, you're a glow girl!" Because of the theme, it just made it cool, you know. And uh, I, I was kind of curious, you know, you, you have a cool nickname. Uh, everybody on the show has a cool nickname, but. Uh, how did uh, your nickname? How did you get yours? Lightning. Lightning is a, lightning was uh, a creation um, from Glow. What happened was um, all the girls were getting named uh, as we were training. Uh, 
and everybody had a name but me. Because the previous small girls my size was were named Little Somebody or Other, Little Egypt, Little uh, Fiji, um, they were like uh, partnered with somebody and got their beat butt and then uh, uh, been saved by somebody. Um, they did not know what to do with me because I was so strong. I had all this muscle, and there was this huge debate over making me little or what to name me. They had no idea what they were going to name me. And um, I uh, went into the ring at this point with no persona. Are you still with me? Yep. Hello? Go ahead. Oh, there you go. Uh, with no persona, I was doing small mini matches, and I didn't know who I was. And one of the girls, uh, Tanya the Russian uh, from GLOW, said, why don't you just make something up? Why don't you be Super Rusa, my last name, R-U-S-A, Super Rusa. So I bounced around the ring and flexed my arms and for one of these mini matches, and I think it might have lit a, a match under them, um, and they started batting around calling me Lightning Bug. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, don't call me Bug. But if you had said you didn't like the word Bug, I definitely would have been named Bug if I had said that. I'm like, that sounds great because it was like kind of reverse psychology. And then, uh, lo and behold, Sally shows up. She was already trained like Hollywood um, for the last couple of weeks where we were training and they were doing all this. And she has in tow with her a friend of hers, Dana, who became Thunderbolt, that gave him the idea because we were both the same size. She was maybe an inch taller than me, which was awesome, like, because everybody else was four inches taller than me, plus, because I'm five feet barely. And right. uh, and then um, uh, Steve Blant, uh came up with the name from the movie Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. He had just seen it or recently rerun or whatever and and came up with the thought Thunderbolt and Lightning popped into his head and... He created Thunderbolt and Lightning was born. Well, that's cool, and uh, and uh, you know it's cool that you still get to use it today. You know they didn't say, oh, you can't use it; it's our creation. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is at the time when Glow was still happening, they didn't want us using it, and I didn't use it. I went on to LPWA. I became Little Mo, and then for a while I wrestled under Cheryl Russo, or Little Mo Russo. And then uh, when Glow pretty much, you know, said adios after we did that last pay-per-view in the early 90s, all of a sudden I could use lightning again. So I I started making up uh, green and red stuff and capes and started running around as lightning. And for a while I was Little Brat, running around in the ring as Little Brat. That's pretty cool. I remember I remember oh, yeah. watching glow watching glow on on TV. I remember the glow girls. I mean, I'm 55 years old. You know, I'm I'm going to be 56 next month and I'm proud Granny's proud of her age, but I tell you, I've been a huge wrestling fan over the years. I mean, I've been threatened to be thrown in the ring a few times. I've been handcuffed to managers at different shows, so, you know, I have a good oh, friend over in Oklahoma. I have I have a good friend over in Oklahoma that does independent wrestling shows for kids that have got cancer called Wrestling for a Cause. 
and they handcuffed me to one of their managers that they had, Pierce, uh, back in January of this year. I got handcuffed to him. They told me before the show, they said, Granny, we're going to handcuff you to Pierce. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. So, you know, I help get the crowd going. You know, I boo the bad guys, you know, so, you know, that I love it. That stuff is important. People don't realize um, the audience wants to be involved. I think that people are used to ask me, I don't understand why people are into wrestling. Maybe if you go to one live show, you'll understand. The thrill is basically feeling like you're part of it. I think the audience well, they make, to I tell you, I, feel like I have, they're in the ring with you. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of friends in this business from from over the years, and they always somehow find a way to get me involved somehow, some way, shape, or form. They find a way to help me get involved because, you know, it, it's amazing. You know, people will, I guess some people, they're afraid to, you know, scream or holler or boo or cheer because I think they're going to look like, you know, an idiot. So I kind of like help get the crowd going. And I tell people, like if they've never been there before, I say, okay, this is the heel, this is the baby face, you know, cheer for them, boo for them, whatever. And they watch me and then they start going, you know. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. I, yeah. I, and and if you're having fun, the audience knows it. The audience can tell how you feel when you're out there. They, it's something they feel back with you. So you must love what oh, you yeah. do. I do. I do. So. And uh, real quick here, uh, real uh, so we can do this real uh, business quick here. Um, do you think? Uh, and I think I may have talked about this earlier. Uh, do you think maybe you might be able to uh, send us some autographs for giveaways for our big December promotion that we got coming up? Sure. You're going to have to uh, send me um, uh, the address. When is this? Well, uh, December? I'm going to uh, – December. All right. Yeah, I, that gives uh, me time. But bug me about yeah. it because I forget about this stuff. My mind has to tunnel on what I'm doing at the time. And, okay. yeah, no problem. But if I forget, well, I I'll mean, do is nudge just, me, uh, okay? I'll, I'll text you the address, uh, and then, uh, you know, you can uh, send what you're able to. If you can send four or five, that'd be cool. Uh, we'd appreciate oh, that sounds you perfect. All right. And then, uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, our time is running thin. I know this. Because uh, uh, well, Big Swing is going to be do, I can do my uh, Cheryl Rusa. Uh, at Twitter, um, Cheryl uh, Lightning Rusa or Cheryl Lightning Rusa Glow, Facebook. I'm really bad at this, aren't I? Um, I have a, a real. Do you want to see my? Do you want to see my stuff? Yes, I do, and it's Cheryl Rusa again. Um, and if you want to see my reel, I have a stunt reel on. Uh, on YouTube, it's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Rusa, R-U-S-A, Stunts, S-T-U-N-T-S, and a number one, just a, just a, no number mark, just a one, and that's my stunt reel, you guys at home can check and see it, uh, the long version, I, I've got to uh, edit down a short version for work purposes, but that's the long version. And there is some glow wrestling on there, clips on there, too. So just watch it from the beginning to the end. It's some of the stuff I've been working on 
over the uh, past 20 years plus, um, and I have still been wrestling. Is and do you, uh, real quick, do you think there's any chance that we'll, uh, Glow will come back, or we'll get to see you in Glow again? Well, I would love that to happen. Um, I don't know about the new show specifically. They have their actors on there, and unless they decide all of a sudden to cameos, and then they've got like you know 65 girls to pick through to do their cameos. So if they do do that, so fingers crossed that I would be one that would be picked. Uh, but uh, you never know. Uh, you never say never. That's the way it is in this business. Right. So I can't. We got right. about 45 well, seconds you. left, but. All right. Well, I'll tell you. I want to thank everybody. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, we'll definitely be on again, and uh, I will be in contact with you. I'll send you that address, and then we appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Nice to meet you. Thank nice you. Nice to meet you, Granny. Keep keep knocking yeah. the dead out there. Oh, I will. I'll All do right. my best. All right. Be safe. Have a good night. Oh. We always are. The 50th episode, again, the 50th episode of Attitude Era Live. Think you're a big man. (laughs) Treat you like you're a little man. Tell me what.